Welcome to Travel Stories on the Myelonomics Podcast Network with your hosts, Trevor Mountcastle and Tom Kim. This week, episode 16, we take a closer look at travel booking and talk about some of the recent award bookings that we've made and some of the tools that we've been trying to use as we continue to make more bookings. Tom, how are you? I'm pretty good today. Fantastic. So, Tom, we wanted to kind of, you know, set the stage, so to speak, I think, from a couple of different perspectives, right? So we've booked some things. We'll talk about that toward the end, but more focusing on kind of how we got to some of those bookings. And something we talked about, I think back in November, were some of the booking tools and the planning tools that we use. Since we talked about that, I think there's like two or three new tools out there. And so it seems like it's worth another conversation. So have you played with, uh, or how many of these tools have you played with? I've played with some of the newer tools because, you know, the fun part about some of the newer tools is they don't cost anything, you know? So, you know, I've been using the Roam.travel and the, the Points, yeah. And I have used, I believe, Award Logic and, and Point Me in the past, but I wouldn't say that those are necessarily my go-tos because I haven't, I'm cheap sometimes and I don't pay for them. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. I happen to have gotten the Points that me and, and, and Award Logic. I find Award Logic to be a lot more useful, but, you know, I've tried to look at Seats.Aero. Seats.Aero has an interesting plugin with ChatGPT. So yet again, I paid even more for that to try to play around with that. And I just haven't gotten to where I want to be on Seats.Aero. It's just a little bit of a clunkier interface. Have Have you tried that one? I believe I have, but it's it's been a little while. I haven't used it most recently. I, actually, some of those the ones I mentioned, like Poinsia and Roam.Travel, I have a hard time remembering which one's which because their interfaces are so similar. And even the results that come back seem very similar. So I'll have one in one window and I'll have one in another. But you know, what I find with these tools is you really do need to have a whole bunch of them in your arsenal, you know, and I still just, a lot of times will still do lots of award searching just on the actual mileage plan or, you know, or, you know, different, you know, websites of, of the actual airlines themselves, because I think there's some blind spots in these uh, various services that are out there. They, they don't always give you all the results, I think. Well, not only that, but they don't cover every airline or every program in some cases. So realize we're jumping around here a little bit. Definitely want to spend a little bit of time talking about your experiences with, with Points Yeah and Rome Travel, but also want to highlight, and we'll figure out a way to share a link in the show notes, but the gentleman, I think it's Carl Slowinski on Frequent Miler Insiders had shared a word search tool comparison that sort of walks through what some of the airlines, or I should say loyalty programs, are covered with a number of different tools. He covers Award Logic, Point.me, Points, Yeah, and Rome. And the shocking, or maybe not shocking, but the surprising thing I see when I look at this is just exactly what you said the blind spots, the amount of programs that are only covered by a single one of these search tools. And that's probably the interesting thing, right? So just by the numbers, Award Logic covers 17 programs, and they are the only program or the only tool that searches Lufthansa miles and more. I don't know if that's an amazing thing. I find it interesting as a data point because you see the space in miles and more usually before you see it pop up in United and, and Aeroplan. But the fuel surcharges and taxes and fees on miles and more make it something that just never enters my mind, let alone the fact that I'm not entirely sure how you can generate 
Lufthansa miles and more points or miles, I should say, in any meaningful numbers. Jumping to the next program or search tool, I should say, points, yeah, they have 17 as well. They actually are the only ones that you can search for frontier. I don't know why anybody would be searching for a frontier space, and, but, and but we can go with it. So I think they got the ultra low care cost carriers wrapped up, I guess, points, yeah, if you're, if you're on a budget. Clearly. I don't know why I'd be looking at Spirit Awards either, but I think you're the spirit man of our podcast. Hey, I, uh, what is that? How many segments have I flown on Spirit this year? It's it's probably more than almost anyone I know, probably. <laughs> Are you a regular of the big front seat? I think I kind of am. I think I've been in three Transcon big front seat trips this year already, which uh, I don't know. That seems reasonable. I mean, I don't know. But I did get that match, that Spirit match to gold, which I think is pretty good. I'm happy as a spirit customer, believe it or not. Yeah, that seems like a lot. But hey, if it's working for you, that's what's important, right? I mean, we all play our different game and it's not for everyone. I truly admit that. Yeah, but the way that you have have just, you know, pivoted, you pivot more than like a running back on the football field. I don't understand how you can do it so quickly. I applaud you. I mean, you you went from what is it, American to Alaska, now you're at Spirit. I mean, my gosh, this is not a good pattern or is this the trajectory here is the wrong direction. I'm just wondering <laughs> what's next. Is it Greyhound or the Bolt bus? Oh my. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> continuing on here in a little bit of the view of these search tools, Rome, they have 12, but they're not unique, right? There's nothing that's particularly unique about the programs. There's no program that they cover that nobody else does. And in fact, it's really a mix of the overlap between Poinciae and, and award logic. And then the final one, which I find interesting, I think it's 11 or 12 of the 33 programs that Point.me covers are unique to Points.me. Some of those unique programs are Aegean, Aer Lingus, ANA. That's an important one. I keep on wanting to do that Virgin round trip, amazing, you know, business or first class uh, award redemption, right? I think it's like 88,000 down to South oh, I, America. I think that de- they devalue that one, right? And that sweet spot, the one that's uh, that got devalued? Uh, the Japan one did, but I thought it was still like 88,000 round trip down to South America. Oh, okay. Maybe that's not as exciting as Asia, but I think it's still there. They also have Asiana, another one of those airlines that I just never see a way to generate miles and meaningful numbers. They have El Al, which I'm sure is very interesting to a number of folks. I'm trying to remember if El Al has any transfer partners. Transferable currency partners? Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't either. Additional, they have Eva Air Infinity uh, Mileage Lands. I like that one. Hawaiian Air. Korean Air Skypass, and I want to talk about Korean Air in a little bit. Malaysia Airlines, SAS, limited support of Turkish Miles and Smiles. Well, you didn't mention Qatar Airways, your favorite Q-suites there. You're right. They have limited support of Qatar Airways as well, which is, it's weird because I feel like if you can find it on Avios, I usually find it on, on Qatar as well. You can, but you know, they have better, I think, pricing if you use Cutter's Avios to search Cutter's Q-Suite inventory than if you were to maybe do it on BA or Iberia or somewhere else. Yeah, but I usually use Avios and then I just jump into the Cutter's search tool because you can just transfer your points from BA Avios into, into Cutter like it's real time. No, but I mean, I think you want to obviously do your searching using Cutter's engine, not BA's engine when you're doing your multi searches or whatever. I'm using one of these tools. 
you know, now I'm going to have to do some tests because I thought there was reasonable consistency with what the availability was, you know, if a particular flight had seats available. Or maybe the availability is the same, but maybe the pricing is different. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the pricing is different. And, but I also just, I don't know, I guess I go with what's easy until I'm ready to book. And then I go to the, to the program of choice. That's a good point. I mean, like for me, a lot of these tools, I ultimately don't trust them. So I'm still going to go to flying blue or cutter or whatever it is ultimately that I want to book, but they're giving you ideas, right? It's planting the seeds for the trip that that's ultimately going to blossom. Well, and not only that, but in some of these cases, like award logic lets you do three days points that me doesn't. And so it's just agonizingly slow. Um, it's just agonizingly slow. But, you know, the others that give you a little bit more ability to, you know, look at three days, I think seats.arrow, if you pay for it, you can look at many more days. I don't know if it's a full month, but really the tools I find are useful in kind of going from, you know, scattershot to, you know, hand grenades to being able to narrow in and then you go to United or Aeroplan or Flying Blue and you're like, okay, I know it's within like two or three days what I want. Otherwise, you could spend forever. I mean, United's got the, used to have the award calendar. I don't know if they still do. Last time I was playing with it, I don't know if my advanced mode has just been turned off or something, but it just didn't seem as robust as it used to be. Yeah. I it mean, could also be rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of Aeroplan and not a whole lot of United lately. You know, that is the interesting thing. Aeroplan has definitely been so much more involved in my travel planning than it was, you know, maybe even, you know, a year, two years, three years ago, you know, like Aeroplan was a very much an afterthought. And now it seems like every other ticket I'm booking is an Aeroplan ticket. Well, and I think part of the thing is, is Aeroplan's more, shall we say, promiscuous than Alaska is now. I know. They're the new, uh, <laughs> they're the new slut in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you follow that one? Um, I don't know. <laughs> But they really have partnered up with a lot. I mean, you know, they've partnered up with two out of the three Middle Eastern carriers, right? You've got Etihad, you've got Emirates, and then I think they're also partnered with, obviously, Star Alliance, you've got Turkish, and then I think they're still partnered with both Gulf Air and Oman Air, although there was some booking issues I thought I saw with Oman Air. I don't know if that's been resolved, but we're seeing that. And then they just keep on adding partners. Yep. Yep. I guess we can save it for later in the episode. I booked on one of their partners that is pretty unique to them. Oh, you can't beat that. Okay. So circling back, just to run through some of the tools we talked about, like I mentioned, points.me is just a little bit agonizing, but the most robust and the most thorough. They also, I think, use, is it Skyscanner? So they'll tell you how much the cash fare is that you're looking at as well, which can kind of give you an idea, especially nowadays where, you know, you might be looking at a lot of points, but you might be looking at almost a comparable amount of cash, especially if you're carrying like an American Express business platinum card where you get that 35% back if you use points. Yeah, I think I think definitely that's a big blind spot in a lot of traditional uh, travel hacking type people is, you know, they don't look at the cash rates as, as much as I think they should. I think there's so many opportunities where the revenue fare is the right choice, you know, or the better choice where it represents a better value than you know, some of these, you know, fares out there that are, you know, on mileage, I think mileage is such that, you know, we've mentioned again, time and time again, you know, miles and award points are a very inflationary currency. And, you know, these days, you know, I think it's just getting worse and worse. So a lot of times looking at, you know, nicely discounted or advantageous cash fares, it's just another thing to have in your arsenal because you're making, a lot of times you're going to make the right decision by buying some of those cheap 
business class fares over, you know, trying, you know, spending like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand miles on the, that same trip. And you're earning stuff in the meantime, right? You're getting elite qualifying miles. You're getting redeemable miles for those cash fares. You can't uh, discount that. No, absolutely not. And actually, that was my fun fair that we'll end the show with oh, as okay. far as the yeah, guest we, the fair. keeping the tradition going where with this guest the fair is becoming a, right, a routine thing, huh? Yeah, I, I think we have fun with it. And some of our listeners have commented that they enjoy that. And so we'll talk more about the, my logic for the fair I've found this week. But let's keep pressing forward. So Seats.Arrow, have you played with that one? Just a little bit. I have not done a, a ton. Again, I don't pay for it. And I've tried it. I think I've done a couple searches on it. At the time that I tried it, I don't think I had a ton of success finding anything different. So that's been my experience. Have you had something different? Are you kind of, is it one of your go-tos? It's not quite one of my go-tos, but like I said, I did pay for that chat GPT, like the premium, whatever that is. I think it's like 10 or $20 a month and they do have a plugin. I started working with the plugin. It's interesting in that it picks up some really random routings. For example, it was finding Air India from San Francisco via Delhi to Sydney. So I kind of set that aside as something to play around with. Not that I have any future of, I mean, okay, you flew at Ethiopian. Maybe I'll fly Air India, but I don't think I'm going Air India you, all you the know, way the to Sydney. Thing is, I've been using these tools and I keep seeing Air India pop up. They, <laughs> I mean, God love them, I guess they're releasing space. So, I mean, I'm doing all these Sydney, Vietnam, Bangkok, you know, I'm looking at all these, you know, flights that I might want to do. And all the time they keep suggesting, oh, how about this? Air India has first class. I'm like, what? Air India has first class? And I'm like, I realize that nobody really has reviewed it very much. I think there are some, believe it or not, but did it look very nice? <laughs> it's kind no. of what you might expect. So, I mean, I don't want to dig uh, Air India because I haven't flown them. But, you know, yeah, I, I think Air India is another one of these carriers where I guess in a pinch you, you've got an option. But, you know, do you want to take that option? Who knows? <laughs> I think that's really what it comes down to. Just to finish Seed Arrow, with this chat GPT, it also seems to find, in some cases, economy farther out. And I mm -hmm. think that might be, I haven't figured out if it's because I don't have the paid subscription or if the chat GPT plugin just has some weird thing where they just don't see the premium space. But searching Australia, I was finding, in some cases, I was finding the the premium space farther out with like Air India. But then if it was like a route that Air India didn't support, it might find United, but it said it was business. And when you look, it ended up being economy. So again, need to do a little bit more digging in seats.arrow. It was the AI, uh, the chat GPT part that made me more curious. And so I think part of that also means that you've got to get really good with your prompts. So I've been treating it more as a technology curiosity more than an award space finder which is probably not the right approach, but I just have a little bit of curiosity about what kind of options there are to kind of introduce that AI hey, to you know, what we you do. Know, unleash that AI, you know, make it happen, you know, share with the rest of us once you figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have more in a future episode. So points, yeah, I've barely played with it. I keep on starting out to play with it and I just lose interest. What's your feel? You know, I've used it a couple of times. It's been useful. It's been, it's not quite my go-to, but I'm including it, having it as a tab on my, my Google Chrome and, and putting stuff in it when I'm doing my searches. And sometimes it's been helpful. Sometimes it's had blind spots, hasn't shown up stuff that, that I knew was there. You know, a, a good example of that was I was searching some Europe to Vietnam fares. And believe it or not, I think it seems like I even saw like 90,000 sky miles to go Heathrow to 
think Sydney on Vietnam Airlines, which is, you know, not the smallest number of miles, but for Sky Pesos, that's uh, pretty decent. And it did eventually find it, but for some reason it didn't come up immediately where I knew that it was there because I searched it on Delta. So so that's a really great tangent. And I think it's actually worth taking a brief tangent because I was using award logic and I was seeing Sky Pesos only 75,000 from and I say only compared to London, it's a ton, but it was 75,000 Sky Pesos for ICN, so Seoul, South Korea. I think it was either Hanoi or Saigon down to Sydney. And in my head, I was like, 75,000 Sky Pesos seems like a great deal. <laughs> you know, again, because you're- <laughs> It's funny how yeah, we have such a low standard for Sky Pesos. <laughs> well, well I, I don't know. For a while, I felt like 75,000 was the right answer for anything Sky Pesos. Like, oh, you want to go from Sao Paulo via New York to Mexico City? 75,000. You want to go hey, from- Hey, hey, hey. You're starting to talk about our Rio trip here. I know, I know, but like, I mean, is that the segue? <laughs> well, well, wasn't how much was it when that Australia via LA to Mexico City fare was that seventy five thousand miles too, or was that one twenty five? I think it might have been higher. I apologize, I don't remember. I did see it. I did see some of those Mexico originating fares that connect in LA to might Sydney. have been a might have been one twenty five. I, I mean, thought they were like maybe eighty eight k or something like that. They were not. I don't think they were the seventies. I, th- I don't think Delta prices are that low, even even for them. <laughs> even even at the like the more advantageous rate. I guess my point is is it's almost hilarious the way Delta works, right? So you've got, you know, if you want to fly domestic, you go to Virgin Atlantic and you book Virgin Atlantic to fly Delta Metal. If you want to go internationally, you want to you, you know, then you consider your Sky Pesos and maybe you're looking at something like, you know, Vietnam Air, Air Airlines, which I, I haven't flown. I'd love to fly them. That seems like a really fun itinerary. We're starting to talk about stuff that I can talk about a little bit later, but well, okay. Let's. Uh, so we talked about award logic a little bit. Again, that's the three day that I find really valuable. I find that to be the tool. That's my power tool. That's the one I use most. And you said that you've tried Rome Travel. I have not actually fired that one up yet. And again, you know, interestingly, Rome Travel and their UI, they just it seems not that dissimilar to Points. Yeah. So I'd say go ahead and try them out. I get confused on which one's which. So <laughs> well, that's similar. Well, we know Rome. Is it Rome? That's the no points. Yeah, is the uh, is the low cost carrier uh, uh, preferred? You know, and I haven't done any like like kind of domestic booking yet on these guys. I, this I, most of what I've been doing lately has been looking at international trips. So I guess I haven't I haven't seen uh, Spirit or Frontier, uh, you know, grace my front doorstep here as I've been doing the award bookings. Yeah. So when you say that, it occurs to me that I feel like I've only booked like one or two domestic flights in quite some time. I just feel like in most of the cases, cash is actually a better option domestically because no space seems to be available, at least at the saver. Or at a reasonable rate. I mean, they have some overpriced stuff, obviously. Well, there's always overpriced because there's always somebody that's going to pay 200,000 American airline miles to fly business class to Hong Kong. So, you know, I do like these tools, but, you know, I'd like to pivot for a second because, I mean, we've been talking about all these award search tools, but Really, the things that have kind of helped me the most, to be completely honest, is just, you know, things like boarding area, you know, looking at Frequent Miler and looking at, you know, some of the, the well-known bloggers, you know, occasionally they'll give you little nuggets. And I'll be honest, one of those nuggets ended up being the genesis for me booking my Sydney trip. It was kind of the missing piece that allowed me to say, oh, I, maybe I can go to Sydney in late October, early November and take this cruise that I was intending to take. The other thing is, you know, there's all these newsletters that are out there. You know, there's like, you know, Spencer Howard doing, you know, straight to the points. You've got a number of different services out there. 
Another one that I, I forget if I've mentioned it in a previous episode, but you know, I really like the premiumcabindeals.com website. They have, they're kind of like a flight deals, but they only do, and I would say there's a, a pretty high Europe focus there, but regardless, it's still nice to see some of these, you know, kind of flight deal-esque uh, premium business type class fairs that, that are out there. And that's a nice little website that, uh, and that you can get it as a newsletter too. They can just, you know, send you an email every day, take, giving you all those uh, deals that are out there. And then- of course, good old Flyer Talk uh, premium fares as well. That's a great reminder. I get the daily from Flyer Talk. I need to sign up for premium cabin deals to get that daily. And there's a couple of others. There's Thrifty Traveler out there as well. And the flightdeal.com, that team does a premium flight deal that's, I don't know how much it is. It's small. It's, I don't know, maybe a dollar a day or something like that. I've gotten a number of those deals. And in fact, I've actually, I've probably booked three or four of those alone from the flight deal team. And I find them to be great. The thing I really like though, about like straight to the points and thrifty is the fact that they don't limit it to just mile redemptions. It's either mile redemptions or cash, or in some cases like Spencer will put, well, you could do it, you know, via aeroplan miles, or you could do it via American express membership rewards and just pay the fare and get the 35% back. And it's, you know, you might save 5,000 points or something to that effect. They'll do some of the analysis or do some of the brain work for you too. Not Exactly. Support. And what I also find, you know, it's straight to the points in Thrifty is in many cases, they'll give you dates as well. So, you know, they're doing a lot of the work for you. And I think straight to the points is a hundred bucks a year, give or take. And Thrifty, I think is more because they've got like two or three levels kind of, they've got the premium and then I guess the super premium. And so I think I, I can't, I, I don't want to quote them. I'm pretty sure they're over a hundred dollars. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's good to know that these tools exist because, you know, it, it's not only just about doing your own searches. It's about getting ideas, you know, from these different newsletters and these other people who are, who are award booking all the time or, or in the community and know th- certain things or have certain tips that, that they can share with us. You know, another tool that I think we mentioned before is, you know, I think we're about to talk about our Rio trip. You know, part of when I was looking at that particular trip, I think we decided on Rio because we found space. And one of the reasons I was looking at a ticket for Rio is I looked at the Wikipedia page for Dulles Airport, you know, and I said, what are the international routes that we could fly on Star Alliance? And for some reason, I just had a blind spot. I didn't even think about doing the search for Rio until I I saw that. Or in this case, I'm sorry, Sao Paulo. And I once was supposed to fly that Sao Paulo Dulles route. Unfortunately, it got canceled on me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's a story for another day. I think we agreed on that one. Should we pivot to travel planning for Rio? Yeah, yes, definitely. I think Rio is a a fun story that what we started out with, I don't know, five different itineraries to try to do it all. And and we've just been optimizing ever since. Yeah, I think this is probably, I mean, as far as trips that I've taken with you, I don't think we've had as many, what would you call iterations or tweaking? Like this is among the highest level of tweaking that I think we've ever done on a trip that we've done together. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you count, you, you know, when we've had to pivot because of, you know, delays or other things. Oh, right. right, right. <laughs> well, even then, I mean, like, I don't think we've basically switched, you know, we've done a full circle on alliances, I think, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. The only consistent thing was the reason we booked this trip in the beginning. That's right. I guess with the actual first leg, the Dulles to Sao Paulo, that hasn't changed. Yeah. So this is a, a fun story where my father had transferred a bunch of Chris Flyer miles thinking that he and my mother were going to go to Europe before the pandemic. And due to some unfortunate circumstances, they're not going to be able to make the trip to Europe, at least for the foreseeable future. And the miles were going to expire, as Chris Flyer miles are, are want to do. Even with all the pandemic extensions, they weren't going to extend them any further. And so we had just about the right number to be able to fly 
one way, at least for me, down to Sao Paulo from Dulles. And I think you had found that award space. I was looking Europe. I was looking almost everywhere. And uh, you just happened to find that award space. And so we booked that. And then I think the rest of it just kind of, we must have gone like days before we selected the, no, we found the first way home, I think almost the same time that we booked the Chris Flyer award, right? Yeah. I don't think it was that. It might've been a couple of days, but yeah, it wasn't too long after our original, uh, what is it? Outbound. I think the, the return, it came pretty quick. So let's talk about the flights, then we'll talk about the hotels. So that first iteration, we had, the constant was to get to Sao Paulo. Now, our goal was to get to Rio. And so I think shortly after we got the Sao Paulo flights, I think I booked LATAM using the Capital One uh, Venture X card. So I think I got the $200 credit because I went through the portal. Didn't even get the whole $200 credit because it wasn't even, I think the flights were like 40 bucks, 40 or 50 bucks. I can't even remember. Needless to say, it didn't mount to that $200 Oh, by the way, just a backpack. I didn't pay for the expensive fare. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to pack light. It's only a weekend trip. Yeah, yeah. And so the flights home, the first option I think you had found, you want to tell us about it? Yeah. So, you know, I, I was looking at my Alaska miles, which is kind of like, you know, I've got a pretty good stockpile there. And so and Alaska obviously has a lot of partners. So, and one of them specifically that I knew of was, you know, LATAM. You know, LATAM is obviously used to be part of the One World Alliance. And at the time, that was probably a pretty good partner to use a lot of time, although they weren't particularly good about releasing award space. But obviously, they left that alliance. And now they're partnered with Delta. But I don't think they're part of the. They're not a Sky Team member yet, I don't think. I think they just had like a JV, I think, with Delta. And so in any case, you know, I did find some space on their Lima to JFK flight, which... (laughs) Actually, I mean, as far as, you know, that sounded reasonable enough. And then I kind of worked my way back and found, oh, okay, I guess we could actually get a ticket all the way from Rio connecting in Sao Paulo to Lima to JFK. The only caveat being Rio to Sao Paulo to Lima was all going to be an economy. That's true. They don't actually do, what is it, short haul business on a lot of Latin American non-transcontinental flights. Oh, I didn't realize that probably because I don't travel very much of of LATAM nowadays or even in the before times. I know some of the other Latin American and South American airlines do fly a premium cabin even even domestically, Uh, not domestically, but even regionally. So anyway, though, we had that booked. And then what was it? Like two, three weeks later, it was just like 10 o'clock at night. I was barely asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly you're texting, hey, found something better. It's all business, you know, and you had found... So Paulo JFK to Mexico City, and the idea was is that we'd just get off in JFK. And that was when I learned that Delta or American Express charges an excise tax when you transfer membership rewards to become I didn't realize you didn't know that. <laughs> why would I? I, I know. I, why I would you transfer from Skype Delta? <laughs> <laughs> why would I? Why would I transfer membership rewards to Skypace? <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> the, the most ridiculous thing, but you know, I made you do it, I guess. <laughs> well, and it was after 10, so I wasn't even thinking properly. I was well, just like, okay, I'm going to get this booked. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, to get, you know, business class from Sao Paulo to JFK for, I think, what, what was it, like 70,000 Sky Pesos? It was 75,000. 75,000, even for 75,000. I mean, come on, that's a good deal. No disagreement. And to be honest with you, I was really excited about the idea to fly Delta One finally. <laughs> You know, it is actually a pleasure to fly Delta One because, you know, you don't do it that often. I mean, like, I mean, how often you're either, well, except unless you're going to pay, I guess, money. I mean, how often are you in a position to actually get a Delta One flight using, you know, mileage? It's pretty rare. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, Lufthansa business class where, you know, you're in it every other couple of weeks <laughs> in some cases. Well, and you're not, you're not playing it's been a while for me now. either on Delta One. So I can see that being a little bit of a step up. Absolutely. Yeah. So here I am excited about Delta One. And a couple of weeks later, you reach out and you're like, found another flight. <laughs> Wait, I, you make it sound like I'm the one that's constantly uh, pushing the chain. Wait, wait one second. I am. <laughs> In this case, yes. it's usually a behavior, by the way, that I would ascribe to a different person on this podcast. I'll let you guess who that person is. Guilty is charged. <laughs> Sometimes proudly so. So I guess it was me. Well, because, you know, we were looking. I Honestly, what I was trying to figure out this whole time was how do I get the Brazilian price for the Sao Paulo Rio flight, that the positioning flight from Rio to Sao Paulo that we needed to buy? It was only like 40, 50 bucks or something. But it just it really, you know, caused you need to, you know, have a little bit of whatever, because I kept trying to figure out, well, I know the US price is like $70, but the Brazilian price is only 40 or 50. And I was like, I was spending way too much time. Like I spent, you know, several hours trying to figure this out. I mean, somebody could just, I could have just, you know, taken $20 out of my wall and paid myself, you know, <laughs> to, to have some sanity. But, but no, I didn't is- do that. Instead, I was like trying to figure out, okay, so how do I book this Brazilian flight? And finally, I, for whatever reason, I think I went on aeroplane and I saw, oh, well, I could fly all the way from Rio all the way to DC, actually, with no positioning flights. One PNR, one ticket. By the way, again, PNR, person name record, that is synonymous with ticket for those of you out there. But anyway, one ticket. And what is that? Three? No, only two carriers, I guess. But, but three uh, legs. Yeah, but three legs gets us exactly where we need to go on one ticket. And it was only, what was it? It was, it was only like 45,000. How much was it? 55,000? Now I'm not remembering what the mileage was. I can't even remember. It was a good deal. It was a good deal. Because I think there was also even a, I think there was a uh, ultimate rewards transfer bonus at the time as well for Aeroplan. There was. Loved that 20%. I think I transferred, <laughs> I probably transferred like, Four or five hundred thousand miles to Aeroplan over the course of that transfer bonus. It was just perfect. I had it just in time for our trip to Venice, and then just kept finding other opportunities to book. So, I think I'm excited for that one too because I mean, we may not fly Delta One, but you know, I've never flown Air Canada long haul either. So. You know, I was going to say the same thing. You know, we traded one product I have never flown long haul to another product I haven't flown long haul. So I'm not unhappy about that move. I think it's just more kind of you know humorous more than anything else. Yes. And like I said, there's very, very few times I think where you and I have traveled that we've had already three t- different tickets. Um, hopefully that's the last iteration because, you know, it's only, the trip's only, what, like two weeks away. You know, I was thinking about seeing what the Lufthansa first class space was because <laughs> I do understand that they fly Lufty first, I think from either Gig or Gru. And I don't know, that seems like it could be interesting. <laughs> you want to transit Frankfurt on the way home from Brazil. Okay, well. I'm not going to go ahead and say that's a crazy idea because, you know, <laughs> that, that, this oh, is not the right, <laughs> this is not the right crew to be <laughs> making, making judgment calls on that. <laughs> now I know what I'm doing. When we get off this podcast, I'm going to set all my expert flyer alerts. <laughs> <laughs> How many miles do I need to set aside? Is this going to be an aeroplan redemption? I don't know. Cause you can do life miles. That's I mean, true. I mean, it, could miles, it could be life miles redemption. I'm so rusty because I've just been doing Aeroplan because I've got the baby. But if it's just me, I'm thinking that could be Life Miles if if they're showing it available. I just don't know. Them. I don't know Life Miles is uh, if they have any weirdness about you know routing rules. I'm a little rusty on Life Miles. Yeah, Life Miles is routing rules. 
Yeah, I forget if I've used Life Miles to do Lufthansa first. Probably haven't, now that I think about it. I have, and then I've also been thwarted. I remember, so I think it was September of 2019, and Lufthansa First Class Space became available the morning of a flight. And at 6 a.m. I call, uh, 6 a.m. in in Vienna, Austria, I call Life Miles, and I get the, we're closed, call back later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, so much for trying to change my flight. There went that Wiener schnitzel. Well, I'm going to take us back to the Rio trip for a second because, you know, it was not just the airfare that we decided to iterate multiple times. It was the hotels too. (laughs) I'm not sure that we've actually come to a conclusion yet. Oh, have we not? (laughs) (laughs) Did we start with the Marriott and then we went to the Hilton? I forget. I think we started at the Hilton because I think we have a mutual friend slash acquaintance that recommended the Hilton, right? Yes. Yes. That's how we got to the Hilton. So first Mm -hmm. we started with three nights at the Hilton. And then I think you had done some research just because there is a Grand Hyatt, but the Grand Hyatt is way the heck away from Copacabana Beach. It is. It's kind of out there. I've I've been there. It's a gorgeous hotel. It's kind of what they'd say is- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a mileage run one one year. It was like a Milan fair and it allowed us to do, I think it was Milan, Miami, Sao Paulo. We hopped a plane over to uh, over to Rio, spent the night, and then it was Rio. No, maybe it was something like that. Anyway, long story short, we spent the night at the Grand Hyatt and we thought it was nice. Well, it was I, literally I within I, six months of it opening. Well, and I think I kind of prescribed or I, I kind of listened to your argument about the location of the Hilton being good. And I did that. But then I, I did do some research on Flyer Talk and TripAdvisor. And I was seeing that, the you know, I have to kind of ratchet my expectations down as far as the hotel itself. I, th- I think the rooms and, and maybe the physical plant of the of the hotel, a little bit dated, probably need a renovation. Of the Hilton, you say? Yes, the Hilton. Yes. And then as we were talking, I think earlier this week, you were saying that some of the public areas were, were going to be under renovation starting literally the day we arrive. That's right. I think when I looked closer at the reservation, because I was looking to make a change, I realized in kind of fine print, it said, oh, by the way, th- there's going to be renovation in the public areas of the hotel, which to me, I don't know what that actually means. It could be pretty minor, but rather than taking the risk, I think we started looking at other options. Which brought us to the other hotel in Rio that I've stayed at in the past, which is the JW Marriott, which if you were to look at like a a map of Copacabana Beach, the Hilton is kind of the further end of Copacabana Beach away from Ipanema Beach. Ipanema and Copacabana kind of come into this almost a right angle sort of point. And so the JW is closer to that point of the end of Copacabana, closer to Ipanema Beach. And those are probably the two nicest beaches. Very different the way I remember them, but obviously we're going back, I don't know, six, eight years now. So I don't know if if how I remember the beaches is, is as accurate, but Copacabana is the world famous one where they had the beach volleyball for the Olympics on Copacabana Beach. And then Ipanema is just another nice little one. And with the JW Marriott just being closer to that end, location-wise, I thought it was nice. And uh, that mutual friend also kind of seconded my memory that the lounge is very nice in that in that hotel as well. Well, and I originally, I think, discounted that because I think I completely misread Marriott's website. I thought it was like 70K a night. And I realized, oh, wait, that's pr- for the stay, not for the night. <laughs> yeah, I think they had a saver at like 36,000 and then non-saver was like 44,000 a night. You know, there's just something mentally about, you know, I just always feel like I realize Hilton points are probably worth less than Marriott points, but, you know, spending 50K for a night at the Hilton versus spending 36 for a night at the JW, I prefer spending the 36 for the for the JW. I feel like JW might be a slightly more elevated brand than Hilton and then just, I guess, numerically it feels better. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think my situation with wanting the Hilton at first was just because I feel like I just keep on accruing Hilton points and I just don't stay very much at Hilton's. And, you know, I just saw that as an opportunity, where, especially considering I've had some recent bookings where, you know, Marriott's really been outsized. St. Regis in the Maldives for, I mean, five nights for, you know, I can't even remember how much I burned, but it was like 88,000 points a night, I think. I mean, that's an amazing redemption yep. in my opinion. I, I, and so I like that, to yeah, keep like some I, in reserve. I've been managing to kind of sit on my stockpile of Marriott points for a while and it's starting to get smaller and I really are not, am not replenishing it at the same rate that I used to. And you're right. The outsize options for Marriott seem to be so much more, you know, coming up every now and again where I don't know if that's the same case for Hilton, at least not for the points. Well, and that's where something you found that came into play that I thought was interesting, where there's this cash plus points option, where you essentially spend the points for one night, but you pay a cash component. Now, if you partner that with status and you partner that with a Marriott card, I don't know if you have a Bonvoy card, but I think the Bonvoy cards that, that I have get six points per dollar. Right. So you put six points per dollar plus, I don't know, titanium. I, I never look at what titanium is anymore because I don't get the free night or the sweet night awards anymore unless I actually stay there. And I don't really stay there, even though I've got the lifetime. But I think you get like 30% more or something like that. I did the calculation at one point, and it was probably before the program is, you know, probably sometime before the latest iteration of the program. And it was like 11 points per dollar or something like that. So you can replenish them pretty quickly if you're willing to actually stay at the properties and pay, and and pay to stay at the properties. <laughs> and that's how I originally got my stockpile. It actually used to be, you know, a pretty good SPG loyalist and, you know, rest in peace SPG. I still can't bring myself to delete the SPG app from my uh, screen on my iPhone. You know, the sad part is, I used to have it. Nope, it's right there. So folks, you can't see this, but I am showing the SPG app on my iPhone <laughs> as we so record. Clearly here. you have the same you see you have the same problem as I, as I do. I can't, <laughs> uh, the uh, purple tile SPG may it ever lay rest in my iPhone screen. And on the first screen of the folder. So I put my travel apps in a in a folder and so it's two screens now. There's so many of them and SPG still holds the first screen of that. Only two. I'm up to five pages of apps on my travel screen. <laughs> I haven't even put the Hilton app into my travel folder yet. I'm horrible with apps, but that's a tangent we don't want to go to. So anyway, circling back. <laughs> so I think you had pushed for the decision of the Grand Hyatt for the last night. Since we're there for three nights, it made sense to check out the hotel, check out a different part of town. And and you had a really interesting ob observation that it's on the other side of the highway. So it's about 20 to 30 minutes closer to the airport. Based on the comments on Flyer Talk, it's only, it seemed like there was a pretty reasonable amount of time to go to uh, Gru Airport, which happens to be where we're going to be departing gig. from. Gig. Or gig. Gru is Sao Paulo. Sorry, wrong one. Gig. To the gig airport. So, yeah. So, I thought it would be fine. And that was actually a, an off-peak price, I think, for that Category 3. It was only 9K for that Grand Hyatt. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. And then I think we decided for the first two nights, we'll do the JW. And the fun part about this trip, because we're going a little long here, is... We're actually going to fly into SDU, which I've never flown into. That's, I guess, the regional airport that I didn't uh, realize that's that, we Paulo, or that oh. Rio has. That's pretty and cool. We'll get, we could try both airports. Yeah, we'll get the full tour. Yay. Okay. It's my first time in Brazil. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually planning stuff. Nice. I got to figure out. I'm trying to plan some interesting things. We'll, we'll see whether I'm successful here, but you can grade it when we get back. But let's jump to your Australia trip. You said that there was an, was it a frequent miler or just a boarding area post that kind of gave you the key to making this trip it was, work? It was the cornerstone or the last piece of the puzzle 
I think, to making the trip work. And it was a pretty good deal, I thought. I mean, mind you, the YQ, the fuel surcharges and, and what on this particular, the first part of this ticket that I booked were pretty high. But basically, I think Frequent Miler posted on boarding area about these Hanoi flights that were a combination of Air France and uh, Vietnam Airways connecting in Paris uh, from the East Coast that were pricing at just 55,000 flying blue miles. So this first part of the thing that I booked was, uh, I looked for this first, ended up booking Newark, Charles de Gaulle, this entire itinerary being all A350 900s for 55,000 flying blue miles and $400 approximately in, in, in fees and taxes. Mind you, the, the cash part is kind of high, but you know, that's pretty customary, I think, for some of these business class fares that you, you book award tickets for flying blue. Some of them have pretty high. Uh, taxes and fuel charges, but that's really good. I think 55000 I mean, that's really what they charge just to do the transatlantic portion, let alone the extra, you know, 10, 12 hours from Charles de Gaulle to Hanoi. This is killing me because you were excited about this and I said, hey, let's hold it. So I'm hearing it for the first time on the podcast. And now I'm like, oh my God, I could have tried to book a, an amazing trip this way. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Did I not no, tell 50, you that this is what I booked? <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. No, this is the first time I'm hearing. 55000 plus $400 to get all the way to Hanoi seems like an incredible deal. It's an incredible deal. It's an incredible deal. Now, mind you, you have to position up to Newark, which is great because I had these like orphaned like 6,500 or so life miles uh, that were just sitting around going to expire anyway. So I say, oh, DC to Newark, done. So I did my positioning ticket. And then I have to figure out how do I get to my final destination, which is actually Sydney. And this, this would, by the way, this is, yeah, so this is all part of a Sydney trip, which I think most of you who are listening to this understand that Sydney is definitely one of the hardest places to find award tickets to these days. I wouldn't quite call it a unicorn, but it's pretty close. I think it's a unicorn if you're not flying Air India. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I'm sure Air good. India is wonderful for all of our listeners. We're, yes, we'll I'm eventually so. fly it, I'm sure. I'm not on Air India, so this is not a judgment on Air India, really. Really, it is not. But what I'm going to say is this, this was pretty creative. You know, I think routing through Vietnam seems to be a, not a horrible way to make your way to Sydney because the airlines in that, you know, are, you know, headquartered in, in Vietnam, they actually are, have been releasing space, you know, and it's someplace where not a lot of people will transit. Now, mind you, it's not the place, best place to transit. It's I've done it a couple of times. I've done international transfers in Vietnam, both in Hanoi and in Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon. Not the best airports. You know, I still haven't made it there, so I'm a little bit jealous there. So, okay, so you've gotten to Hanoi. Yes. What did you find to get you down to Sydney? Another new airline that I've never flown, and this is what we we kind of teased earlier in the episode. Bamboo Airways is another one of these very unique Aeroplan partners, and they do have flights from both Hanoi and Saigon. I actually picked an award for business class flight from Saigon because I did the pricing and I realized that there's actually a 15,000 point difference between booking a Hanoi to Sydney flight versus a Saigon SGN to Sydney flight in the Aeroplan program. So definitely it's not worth 15,000 aeroplane miles to fly that because you can easily get between Vietjet Air, Vietnam Air, and all the other airlines that fly the Hanoi to SGN route, you know, you can get a $30, $40 ticket for almost, you know, any day of the week, you know, if you want. I haven't even booked it yet, but it's a very low cost ticket. So I just picked the cheaper one, which was the the Ho Chi Minh City to Sydney on Bamboo Airways. And then connecting in to actually through Melbourne on Virgin Australia. So I actually put another segment in there just because, hey, why don't I go ahead and fly 
Virgin Australia. Why not? I haven't flown them either. Oh, you can't beat that. We flew the old long haul product, which was like a 232 configuration LAX to Brisbane, just oh, because really that was what that. we could find it. Oh, we did that wow. years and years ago. Wow. It was nice, but it wasn't, I mean, it, it's not as nice as the new product. And I think their domestic first class is very nice or business, whatever they call it. They don't do too much, you know, intercontinental anymore, do they? They're pretty much a domestic only these days, I think. Yeah. Well, so many things have cut back nowadays. I know. I know. But, you know, that was a pretty unique trip. I I think it was an interesting use of miles. And I think, you know, ultimately I made my way, you know, I obviously have to pay some cash and stuff, but, you know, for just a a little bit over, you know, 100,000 miles, right? I made my way in in a lot of business class products all the way to Sydney. And really 100,000 in business class to get to Sydney. I think that's pretty reasonable. If you've got the time to take the long way around, as I've done, you know, as well, I think that's, a, I, you'd be hard pressed to do it better. I mean, you mind could mind you, my leave balance at work may not be as, uh, as happy with this particular routing, but I'm really excited to fly a bunch of airlines. I've have not flown a long haul. I'm going to have to get some more airplane models for my collection. And, you know, I think in general, these business products are pretty good. And I really do like the fact the the creativity I needed to exercise, you know, I'm pretty happy with this, uh, this redemption. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Talking about getting more miles for your collection, just got my wife a Delta card because that uh, just expired. The heightened offer, I'm sure it'll come back even better. And, more and I'll pick myself. Well, <laughs> you know, it was because I saw that, that Vietnam to Sydney flight. Yes. Which now feels terribly expensive looking at 45k for aeroplan <laughs> but then i also grabbed myself another uh, business gold for 130,000 points so i'm just like literally thinking about those credit cards that we just did and thinking you know with a little bit more from the membership rewards points area we could get to sydney and that's exciting it's doable i mean yeah i mean this is an example i mean you have to go through some hoops you have to be creative but you can definitely make it there if if you find the right routes Oh, I love this. I love this out-of-the-box thinking here. And definitely credit, was it Nick that found it or was it Greg? Oh, yeah. It was, I'm trying to think if it was Nick or – I forget who the hat tip goes to, but it, it was definitely something on the Frequent Flyer. That's the blog post that I specifically saw you know, on Frequent Miler, in boarding area that kind of – oh, I should probably check that out. I'm like, okay. And lo and behold, I found a date and a route and you know, some Newark to Hanoi that worked. I'm like, oh, done. Now that leads to me taking a week-long uh, cruise on Ovation of the Seas from Sydney. Some friends of mine were going to actually go to New Caledonia and uh, I think Vanuatu. Very nice. Very nice. How are you getting home? Oh, well, that's interesting too. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep this one, but I'm currently booked nonstop Sydney to LA on Qantas in premium economy, not in business. So I guess I'm roughing it. Mind you, I've done this in coach as well before, but I, I was planning not to repeat that experience. But this is, you know, upper deck of an A380 and and the premium uh, economy product on Qantas does not look that bad. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. And then actually from LA back home, it's the cash fare that we presented in episode 15. That's the LA to Dulles, $586 fare in United Polaris. Love it. Love it. And in truth, if you're flying the A380, that premium economy probably isn't that much worse than business because that business is not a fully lay flat. I mean, maybe it's considered a fully lay flat, but it didn't feel like a fully lay flat. I think the A350s have been upgraded. I think they now have the I thought you said A380. Yeah. I thought the A380s have been upgraded, but I, I could be wrong. Okay. Well, we'll have to check because I, I know that they said they were going to, but the last time I saw, I think Lucky had uh, a trip report, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And he said that it seemed like that was still the old seat. And so I'm assuming that the rest of the aircraft was old if the first class was old. 
Well, on that being said, I, I definitely have my alerts set up. So, you know, if something comes, <laughs> if something, uh, if business, even if it is the life flat, if, if some space comes available, I'm definitely upgrading that seat. Absolutely. And, and you've got a couple of different options. I mean, there's so much more space than there used to be, which I find, you know, just interesting. I mean, United launched, what, three or four different, either increased frequencies or just plain new routes to Australia. You know, you'd think with all that capacity, they would start releasing more space. But, you know, I, I just don't think they do. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, we, we had a, that trip to San Diego earlier in the year, and you ended up actually buying some business class tickets, I think, on that new wide body that they instituted between Dulles and San Diego, right? Thank you, Alaska Airlines. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right? Thank you, Alaska. Because wasn't it Alaska that, oh, yeah, that right. did that Dulles that to San Diego and United yeah. said, not on my territory? <laughs> That was absolutely a retaliatory route uh, expansion for, to a wide body. But that was one of the, when you think you put that many seats on a route, you know, you think they'd release some more award space, but I don't think we ever saw that come out. Did, did you ever see that space actually release for that 777? I did not, but I'll be honest, once I booked it, I was just content. I mean, it was one of those things where we had the travel, the travel bank and I saw that little expiration date on the travel bank and I said, I need to use this. So, you know, sometimes you find the fare that, that you're comfortable with and then you just set it aside and look and plan other trips. I was kind of channeling the same experience when I booked my LA to Dulles. So. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally right there. Okay. So you mentioned that LA to Dulles, which was the guest affair last week, I think. So let's jump to guest affair this week. Yeah, let's do it. And this is sort of, you know, in tune with what we were discussing earlier, how, you know, you need to sort of turn the paradigm around, right? So like, you know, in this case, you were looking at, you know, the flying blue via Vietnam to get to Sydney because Sydney's so hard to get to. We were also talking about sort of looking at, you know, revenue versus award miles. This is an idea of nested itineraries. Okay. So what we have is TAP Air Portugal. Who your favorite. <laughs> you know, it's a nice flight. It's a nice airline. And it is originating in Rome. So that'd be airport code FCO. Yes. Because it's TAP, you connect in Lisbon and you're arriving in Newark. Oh. You're flying out of Rome on Martin Luther King's birthday, the holiday, 15 wow. January. Okay. A little bit cold in Rome, but a little bit warmer than a lot of other places. And Rome is just, what, a two-hour train ride down to Nice or, uh, or is it Nice? Naples. No, Naples. It, it was an N. Or, you know, probably a little bit further to get to Sorrento. And then you're returning back to Rome, 15 February, which happens to be the Thursday before President's Day week. So you potentially have two weekend trips with this nested itinerary, you know, you think outside the box here, you could do an award out and the return award from Europe, maybe, you know, on President's Day or, or a week later, you know, so you could get two trips for this fare plus two one-way awards. So this is an FCO business class, FCO originating TAP business class flight going to Newark. Yes. It's on right. an A321neo. So it's a narrow body, but they still have a nice seat on that. As I recall, I'm going to guess the fare is $1,470. That is astonishing. You are $117 less. That is very good. Considering the really humorous part about this is Aer Lingus had a similar fare. I should have said 1,470 euros. Well, then you would have been there, right? Just about. <laughs> 
Aer Lingus had a slightly cheaper fare, but you were economy from Rome to Dublin, and it was three hours in economy. That didn't seem very nice. No, that doesn't sound very nice at all. But the interesting thing I've been finding here is, is a tap usually has pretty decent fares. Usually it's a couple few hundred dollars more from the US into, into Europe. Another one that I found, and I probably should have saved this for the next episode, but you never know if these things are going to stick around. I'm seeing a variety of lot Polish airway business class availability, where in some cases you're looking at 17 or $1,800 to JFK or to Chicago. Mm. And then 22 to West Coast. Or Warsaw. Those are two places I wouldn't mind visiting. Krakow is gorgeous. And they've got a great Marriott there. Is it a sure? Lots of good hotels in Poland, strangely enough, that all seem like good deals. They do. We really liked Krakow. We were there actually for my birthday last year. So last October. And it was still kind of temperate. Uh, we just got really lucky, I think. Either that or global warming. Either you know, way, I, you know. You know, for that fair that I was guessing, you know, I almost feel like I saw that on premium cabin deals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been in euros, which is why I was off. <laughs> Well, there we go. <laughs> I will have to do a little bit better. I was just poking around. The fun thing with Google Flights is you can just use that Explorer feature and it just gives me such ideas. I mean, it does. because it does. I think if we're going to be more efficient with things, we need to think a little bit bigger. And nowadays I'm trying to do more of these nested itineraries and, and a nested back-to-back-to-back sort of thing. Looking right now, we've got our cutter return flights and I'm trying to figure out how we can get another revenue fare because the revenue fares, if we book out of like Cairo or someplace in that general area, we can probably, you know, spend, let's say, oh man, the math escapes me right now, but it's probably less than a thousand dollars per paid fare, maybe a little bit more than that. You know, after you factor in that 35% cash back, if you want to use membership rewards. And so, you know, you're earning and you're, you know, if you do British Airways, then you also have the potential with that amount of flying, I'm thinking I might be able to get enough tier points to get some sort of status. So if I fly domestically on American, I could get to the flagship lounges and stuff since we're starting to go through JFK more and more, much to my chagrin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, to the listeners, I mean, again, this whole episode is about all these kind of gyrations and all this kind of, you know, creative problem solving that you need to do in order to, you know, to find compelling, you know, award hacking or award travel kind of itineraries that make sense to you, you know, present the value that make them worth traveling. So, you know, just definitely get your thinking caps out and try all these different ways to find, uh, you know, new solutions to your final destination. Yeah. It's really just about, you know, thinking out of that box. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the show. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed listening. If you enjoyed this episode, consider becoming a Milonomics Patreon member and get access to even more in-depth miles, points, and travel content. Until then, we hope your next story is a travel story.